Welcome to Megaminds, the podcast that unlocks the secrets needed to scale your business from seven figures per year to seven figures per month and beyond. On the show, we pick the brains of leading business owners, marketing geniuses, growth experts, and serial entrepreneurs, tapping into their minds to uncover the true formula for e-commerce success. The podcast is created by Megaphone, Australia's award-winning experts in digital marketing. Now enjoy the episode and don't forget to subscribe. Hey guys, welcome back to the Megaminds podcast. I'm joined by Max in the studio and today, Max, I thought we'd have a chat about shipping. Let's do it. So if you haven't already checked out our episode from last week, which was all about manufacturing, I recommend you go back and give it a listen. There are plenty of golden nuggets in there. So Max, you've dealt with shipping from the perspective of all the clients here at Megaphone and through your own e-commerce business. Tell me in a general sense about the experience you've had with shipping over the years. So the process of having the product in your hands and getting it to the customer. Cool. So I think some businesses choose to um, do fulfillment themselves and some people use a 3PL. Um, We went straight for a 3PL with my e-commerce business. I know other people um, wanted to get us in a a level of volume and pack orders themselves. What Um, does 3PL stand for? Third-party logistics. Yeah, so I think, I mean, there's a lot of businesses now that are trying to make that process as easy as possible for e-commerce business owners, and it's a lot easier these days. And there's a lot more different providers um, out there to actually send your post, whether it's Sendle or OzPost and different things like that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've got a list here of a few. We've got Pack and Send, Sendle, Star Trek, DHL, TNT, FedEx, and I'm sure there's plenty more. So tell me, let's do almost a pros and cons list. Why would you go with a three PL, and why would you go it alone? Yeah, so I think you might go it alone because you can get better rates um, because there might be some minimums when it comes to the 3PL. Um, Maybe there's some ongoing fees with the 3PL as well. And so while you're smaller, you might just do fulfillment yourself. But I do think as an entrepreneur, um, business owner, you really need to be mindful of how you're spending your time in the business. And if you can get someone to do a task for $20 an hour, then maybe you can also just start getting people to help pick and pack your orders as well. Um, I know other businesses also like to have inventory on hand and have warehouse workers because it allows them to have more flexibility with showcasing the product, um, you know, adding in different bonuses and, and, you know, variety of surprises, adding in a handwritten letter, um, adding in, you know, something for a promotion where they can just drop that straight into the, um, package straight away. So it gives them flexibility on what the customer is receiving, gives them accessibility to the product on, on hand any given day. So there's definitely some advantages of going, um, and having your uh, products, you know, do it yourself. And I've also heard of, um, some businesses that have grown their business and decided to pull away from the 3PL because of consistency, uh, unreliability, uh, issues with packagings, uh, packages being received, the speed to uh, get things out as well. And so if you think that there's some specific issues that you're trying to address and you haven't found someone to really nail it on the 3PL side of things, then you might want to bring it in-house. Um, but 3PL is obviously, it's way easier to set up. It's way more scalable. Um, there's advantages because they could be global, so you could have global distribution. There's some advantages they can use technology and automation, so they can use robots and things like that to automate and get the packages out really, really fast. Um, and you know, it just means that you're not having to learn another new business vertical because when you're learning to do e-commerce and you're thinking about marketing and hiring and production, do you really want to be thinking about shipping um, and all of that as well? Okay, so if you're if you're scaling your business, is there a, p- a point in time, whether that's 
the amounts you're selling or the inventory you have where it's sort of natural to, to transition to that 3PL and to put it in the hands of someone else? You know, my personal belief is move to a 3PL as fast as possible. Right. Um, unless you feel like you have something very specific that's going to make you not want to use a 3PL, mm-hmm. whether that's, you know, flexibility or like all those things that we were talking about before. Yeah. I'm sure there's other reasons as well. Unless there's some something very specific or you've got some advantage in your ability to like fulfill orders, I think you just want to be in a 3PL um, ASAP and there's so many different 3PL providers out there. And so the next question would be trying to figure out what other things that you're trying to optimize with your 3PL. Mm-hmm. And what kind of things would those be that you want to optimize? Yeah, so... If you are a massive company and, you know, you're in a competitive vertical, you know, something like um, daily deals or something like that, catch of the day, you might want same day delivery. Um, You might want um, free express shipping over $50. And so you're going to have to have a really efficient process if you want to get orders out within a day to to the customers as well. So there's a lot of businesses now like an e-store logistics um, in Australia where they've got really good access to the auto, the soft, the robots that can kind of move things around and get things done at a really efficient rate. Um, and that also could be really good for scale as well in terms of lowering your cost. Another thing that you might consider is just cost. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you just want to find someone that can really get it done cheaper because you have a thin margin product and you really need to get that going. Um, another thing is the amount of locations. If you're just selling in Australia, you might just need one location near you, but if you're selling all over Australia and trying to get two-day shipping time, then you might need a location in every major city in Australia. If you're selling worldwide, then you might need one in you know, the US and UK and Europe and Hong Kong. And so you need to figure out what is the vision for the company and what are the capabilities and limitations of the 3PL that you decide to go with. Yep, totally. I, I want to ask you about international shipping, but we'll jump back to that in a moment. For now, you mentioned if you've got, for example, if you want to send products all over Australia, would you be setting up distribution centers or warehouses interstate? And if so, how would you go about doing that? So we were advised when we were going into our 3PL, and again, totally not like it. This is my, not my like strong suit expertise. Um, I know a guy that we should bring on actually, Val, who, um, who does like 45,000 SKUs and he's got a massive few warehouses and he has a 3PL business. So he'd be the person to speak to about this, negotiating rates, everything. But from a high level, I can speak to it. And I think um, we were advised that Sydney is probably the best place to usually ship from in Australia because it has the least amount of shipping times and shipping cost as a general distribution of if people are buying in major cities relative to the population, then that's going to be the best city um, geographically for Australia. But as your volume increases, you're probably going to want to start opening up more locations to lower shipping costs and shipping times. So let's move back to the international shipping part. Have you started international shipping with Sylvia? Yeah, so we have a distribution center in Texas. So Max, when you're thinking about going from local to international shipping what are the things that you have to think about and consider in order to make that happen yeah so i think the first thing that you do is test to figure out if there is a market in this new location so let's say you're just currently selling in australia and you want to move to america you might start running ads on facebook to america figure out if it's a viable market and even though you might be spending 25 dollars, you know an extra 10 dollars in shipping shipping from australia it's going to give you a validation piece to figure out if there's demand before you ship over a meaningful amount of stock. So you need to look at a risk-weighted opportunity and figure out 
Um, what level of validation do I need before sending stock over to the place that I want to start shipping from? Um, and then I guess, you know, the next thing is finding a 3PL. It's not uncommon that people have different 3PLs in different uh, different countries as well. And so each country you might want to optimize for different things or you might just want to go through the process of due diligence again, figure out who are the brands that they've worked with, try to see if you can speak to some of those brands, you know, go through that typical due diligence period. Um, you know, we were lucky enough to pick a global um, fulfillment company so they can fulfill out of multiple countries, um, which makes it easier for us to scale internationally. Is that something you would advise for people to think about at the outset if they have, if part of the vision is to be international? I think so. But then uh, even saying that we're not a hundred percent committed to this company. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, once you're, you're scaling at really high volumes where you can save margin and save uh, and add to the customer experience is really valuable. And I think when customers receive their product really quickly, I just really, you know, I was, I was reading some data recently that was saying that if a customer receives it within two days, they're 30% more likely to repurchase. Or I can't remember the number, but whatever it was. But And I can kind of relate to that from me being a customer, how when I buy something and then it rocks up three weeks later and I forget that I've even ordered, I'm like, what is this package? And you open up and you're like, oh yeah, do I even want these pants anymore? Uh, but when it comes two days later, you're just kind of still in that hype of like buying it and being excited about it. Um, and I think that receiving the product in that state is going to be really beneficial for people genuinely enjoying the product. And so if the company that we're using, let's say we're using an international company, but they've only got one distribution or two, let's say in America, but we can't get to the next day delivery that we want to achieve. Maybe then in America, we cut them off and we try to find someone that specifically can uh, do that. You know, the other thing is uh, the rates are a lot more competitive in the US as well. So you, it is, you know, if we're spending... $12 on average to send a, a customer a product in Australia. In America, it might be 5 or $6. So you might get a big, bigger discrepancy. And so again, finding what are the right rates for that country and making sure you're getting competitive rates that are reliable is something that you want to think to, about getting into that new market. So when thinking about the customer and the customer experience, what can you do to ensure that people are enjoying the product, enjoying the experience and want to buy from you again? Yeah, from from the perspective of shipping, I think you know some brands use custom mailer bags, um, and some brands that have a moral standpoint or a value system will try to get packaging that aligns to that. So, if you're an ethical and sustainable brand, do you have biodegradable plastic and cardboard, or are you using just bubble wrap and you know unnecessary? Um, packaging. So, I think that that's one thing. Uh, there's definitely a lot of companies out there that now have biodegradable packaging which i think is going to really align to some brands as well yeah and i think honestly just the biggest thing is reliability and consistency and then also if you are a brand and honoring your you know if a customer doesn't receive it you know giving people the benefit of the doubt and and you know trying to give them a good customer experience as well um so that way you've got a full suite you know whether Again, these are other things that might your three PL might be related to, where they might have some level of you know warranty, where if the customer doesn't receive it, then they will refund it, or you know if they make a mistake as well. So you want someone that you know is reliable and consistent, and yeah, I think that those are the main things. If you're not going through a three PL, and you do come across an issue, be that something is delayed, something lost is lost in the post, or it arrives damaged, how do you have a, a way of thinking about mitigating that risk? Or just, is it just no. something that happens and you kind uh, of deal with? I'd say not my expertise. Okay. Um, yeah, too outside of the scope of what I know. Okay, so across your time at Megaphone dealing with all kinds of clients, 
Are there any universal rules or trends that you've seen over the years? For example, is is free shipping a no-brainer? Is there a, a cost of the item being shipped that's potentially too much and decreases um, you know, retention rate? Is it, what have you discovered over the years? Yeah, I think you know, fundamentally free shipping is always a good thing, um, but it doesn't mean it makes sense for every single business. If you're selling a you know fifteen dollar product and you've got thin margins, you know maybe you got to charge three four dollars shipping, and you know particularly in the US does it cover your shipping cost? And maybe it's not viable in Australia. Um, so you need to look into the shipping costs into your business model. Um, you need to look into what price can you afford to offer shipping free shipping, and then how does that correlate to your conversion rate uplift? Um, and so. You know, I know back in the day, customers or clients of Megaphone were maybe a little bit more resistant to things like free sh- free shipping and free returns. Um, but you know, if you look at the um, you know hundred biggest fastest growing direct to consumer brands over the last five years, probably ninety seven of them have free shipping and free returns. You know, there's companies like Wobby Parker, one of the fastest growing eyewear companies in the world, and they just send you three. I think that business model was built around, we'll send you three products. You pick the one that you like and just send the two back. And so, you know, even the try before you buy model is something really interesting. There's actually a software called Black Cart, which focuses on building out the try before you buy system where that way people can put a deposit on an item. You buy, a, you know, whatever you buy a pillow and you put down a $10 deposit. And if you don't like it, you get your $10 back and you refund it. If you do like it, then it holds or something on your credit card and pays you the right thing. So there's other ways to innovate as well. But yeah, free shipping, um, free express shipping over a certain amount. Um, all of those things are things worth experimenting if it makes sense for your business model. The Black Cart software you mentioned, was that a Shopify app? Uh, it's not a Shopify app, but it's a software that can link to shop, uh, Shopify. Okay. Do you have any other tips on pieces of software or apps or plugins that you've used in the past that make life a little bit easier for you? Yeah, I think um, on the shipping side of things, you can use something like Return Magic to um, refund orders. If you do have a generous refund policy um, and you're paying for people shipping, you might want to just automate it where you can that can print labels for people. Um, you might want to have um, some sort of um, like a Hexam Bar, a Shopify app where it can show you how much more additional revenue to add to cart before you qualify for free express shipping or things like that as well. Um, if it makes sense for your brand. So those are a couple that come to mind. You might not have the answer for this off the top of your head, but I'll ask it anyway. So when someone's at the, at the cart stage of the purchase, are you familiar with the numbers, the people that drop off when there is no free shipping or when there is a higher shipping? No, I don't, uh, I don't know. And, you know, and I think that's the thing with, with every brand, you got to look at it individually and see how it influences your brand. You know, some, there's some products that people for whatever reason, feel like paying shipping paying for shipping feels okay you know another thing to consider is also um adding dollar value into your product value and then adding free shipping if you've got a hundred dollar product sell it for 110 and offer free shipping and see if that is better for your conversion rate uplift than selling it for a hundred dollars plus ten dollars shipping which usually it is um but if it was a $5 product with five dollar shipping and you sell it for ten dollars maybe that would do worse because people have a clearer price expectation for that product so i think you've got to do pricing models or testing to kind of figure out what makes sense for where the customer understands the deal and the offer and the value yeah right another thing that comes to mind is bundles 
So finding those products that can upsell and take you over that threshold, be it $100 or whatever, and then the customer feels like they've won because they get the free shipping with that little bonus. Yeah, for sure. Is that something you've implemented in the past? Uh, I mean, for clients, for sure. And, yeah. and definitely it's something that we see really good success with. We'll finish off with a few quick questions and then we'll call it a day. Let's do it. All right. So Max, I'll hit you up with the rapid fire questions. You might've already touched on these throughout the episode, which is, a, and that's okay, but I just want to get definitive answers. First of all, Given consumer psychology, do you think free shipping is a non-negotiable? No. Ooh. All right. What, question two, what should be your window of time from order completion to arrival? In other words, how long is too long for your product to arrive at someone's doorstep? You know, I think, I think the answer I'm going to say to all of these things, and I say it every episode, is it depends on the industry. You know, if you're buying a custom couch and you're expecting it in two days, you know, if I said five days and then it's like, well, obviously that doesn't make sense for custom furniture. Um, but if you're buying, um, a USB flash drive, um, from Amazon or whatever, then you expect that the next day or you're not going to buy it. So you, you know, you have to look at your industry and, and make sure that you're competitive in your industry. Mm -hmm. What app or software have you found most beneficial over the years working in e-commerce and the agency? Is any app? Uh, for, relative to shipping, but you know what? Let's make this a double whammy. Give us a shipping app and then your favorite app of all time. I mean, shipping app, I'll say Return Magic because it's, mm -hmm. you know, one of the only few ones that I know. Um, and um, favorite app of all time for Shopify? Yeah. I like uh, Gem Pages for a landing page builder. If you want to test advertorials or landing pages or product pages, it makes it uh, user-friendly before you use a developer. Mm -hmm. And they have a support network as well when things go wrong, which is super helpful. Totally. So any final thoughts, Max, on shipping and uh, manufacturing if you want to rewind to last week as well? Although I definitely am, wouldn't say that I'm a shipping expert by any means. Um, you know, the things that I've learned is finding a really good, reliable, um, good customer service 3PL. There's so many really bad 3PLs out there. And if that is the route that you go down, it's the route that I would go down just because I want to focus more on the things that I know that I can add more value into and where I'm more competitive in then, um, you know, and I think that, you know, that's product and marketing. Um, but yeah, you just really want to have someone that's really, uh, you know, quick to response, trustworthy. Um, actually we did actually have, um, our 3PL misplaced, I can't remember uh, a few thousand uh, units. Um, and so how do they treat that? You know, they were moving from one warehouse to another. Do they refund you immediately? Do they tell you straight away? Do they try to cover it up? You know, it's a good, things are going to happen, um, you know, in, in business in general. And so finding someone that's trustworthy and reliable is going to be really good because you want to find someone that you can build a long-term relationship with. And how would you judge that reliability before actually partnering with them? I think it's the same thing with anything. You know, you, you, you speak to clients, you, you, you get a sense of people over the sales process on, are they showing up on time? Are they over delivering? Are they, are they passionate about what they're doing? Can you speak to other customers? Have they been around for a while? Um, you know, you get a vibe at, at the end of the day. Um, you know, we got a referral into ours. Awesome, Max. I think we'll wrap it up there and we are going to record our introduction to the podcast about six weeks after we've started recording the podcast. Editing magic. Yes, the beauty of post. Anyway, Max, always a pleasure to talk shop with you. Thanks as always, Evan. My pleasure.
All right, guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to join our Facebook group. Um, if you have any questions that you want to shoot to Max or myself or any of the experts we have on the show, pitch them there and looking forward to connecting with you. All right, enjoy the week. See you guys. Thanks for tuning into the Megaminds podcast. To stay up to date with the latest e-commerce trends, scaling hacks, and marketing techniques, join us on our Facebook community, Megaminds. If you're looking to scale your own e-commerce business, we at Megaphone would love to help. Get in touch for a free strategy session.